So I watched an episode of The Bachelor last night. You did? Yeah. Wait. Okay, Bachelor. So it's The Bachelor. I always – this is very stupid, but I get The Bachelor and The Bachelorette confused well, they're in both, terms of There which, are bachelors and bachelorettes on kind of – they're all bachelors and I know. But it takes me a moment to say, okay, it's The Bachelor. That means one guy, lots of girls. This was just The Bachelor. Okay. Um, it's the latest, the latest season. In fact, the latest episode. They go to London. Mm. I got to tell you, I never really watched this show before. I had a moment where I did, yes. These, these, these chicks were crying, I would say, 80% of the show. Yeah. It was, it, is it always like this? Yeah, but obviously, the, you know, the, I think the performance has increased as the you know, notoriety and fame of being a contestant. And the seasons has you know yeah. increased. I would say it's probably exponential in growth. Well, it was wild to me because I was like, this guy, this bachelor, mm-hmm. right, who doesn't even spend much time with, by the way, does not appear to actually interact with these women very much. I Although, see. fair enough, he had COVID actually in this episode. So oh, was, twist. It was, people were not happy about that. A lot of women crying that he had COVID because they couldn't go on a group date with him. That's why they were crying. That's why they were crying. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, but uh, and they were just crying because you know they're in London. I think they're jet lagged, and they also kept calling London a very a city of famous for romance, which I don't think actually is what <laughs> really think they think they're thinking of Paris. Right. Uh, London not to me. I, not, London is not what I would say. You're not really swept off your feet by going to London. No, um, unless you're like a chimney sweeper and exactly, like a or or perhaps sort of like. Situation. Yeah, yeah, and then you meet a woman. She's actually a princess. Or swept off your feet that's by a Roman a holiday. Bobby. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so these chicks crying, hundred percent of the time. Uh-huh. Uh, it's pathetic. Mm. The guy is like, I just miss my girls so much, and that got me thinking. There is a huge amount of room in the reality TV show market for a different kind of bachelor. Oh no, a bachelor that's maybe not six four. Maybe a good 16, 17 inches actually shorter than that. I don't think this is a good idea. Uh, and and I, I just think that maybe there needs to be like a bachelor that that doesn't actually inspire women to cry, but in fact to laugh oh my God. and to smile. And it's me. So actually, really what I'm saying here is my thing is I actually want to do create a reality TV show where it's braces, hose, and I'm sort of like, it's, <laughs> it's no. okay, no, all right. Like a Charlie's Angels sort of situation? Like a Charlie's Angels sort of thing. And it's like played exactly like The Bachelor, except that the men have to refer to the women as the hose. <laughs> and so it's just really, really rough on yeah, everybody Yeah, this is involved. really bad. Yeah, no one wants to put this out and there. And he is girl fucker. Okay. So. What? Yeah. You know, I know someone who I shan't name, but who you also know, and you, <laughs> whose sister auditioned for The Bachelorette really? and Bachelor several, more than several times, we'll say. More than, is it a guy or a girl that did this? A gal. A gal mm-hmm. that did this? It seems... And actually, I ended up going to her wedding. She did not get cast on the show, but I did go to her wedding, and it was on a plane. Did they fuck The Bachelor? 
Uh, there is, yeah, no, that's like definitely a plot line towards the end, and usually towards the end. Although in some seasons it's happened a bit earlier than I think some producers would have liked. I don't want to be the bachelor. I want to be the host, and I want to just be kind of yeah, really. Chris, what's his name? I know, he was a former bachelor. I was about contestant. to call him Chris Hansen, but that's not him. He but took he's it got that so vibe. seriously that it made me Chris Harrison. Duh. He was just oh like, oh my god, sorry. He came out, sorry the, guys and gals. The girls are all crying in a room, and he comes out, and he's like. Hey, some really hard news. It's incredible that this is the first time that you've taken. We're doing some real like 2008 he, comedy he hours here. He has COVID. Oh the bat Zach, I think his name is. He has COVID. Oh yeah, COVID. He a, this is a new. It's not Chris Harrison anymore. No, and uh, and uh, the girls just immediately. Bust they still out give crying. that the rose though, right? They, they did give it. I couldn't figure out. But so you, if you don't get a rose, you got to go home. Yeah, that's the. Yeah, they should yank them off with a with a shepherd's crook. Sure. The uh, cane, the old cane. Yeah, and then put them, and then they should make them. They should take them somewhere nice. Mm. You know, they should like take them. I think to they're a, in like Agora Hills or something. No, they were in London, the no, city but I of mean Romans. The house. Oh yeah, it's like somewhere in the valley. I lived there for a while with all these nineteen-year-old boys, kind of making content and stuff like that. And let me tell you, it's a, a lot of crazy shit happens. In those Hello, places. everyone. Hello, I'm Liz. My name is Brace, and of course, we are joined. By Bachelor Young Chomsky. Mm. And this is Trunon. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Hello. I- now, I have a little bit of an announcement myself. I'm sorry. I'm surprising you here. But I got to get something off my chest. Is the Bachelor? <laughs> no, it has nothing to do with that. Oh, um, but I do. So we just did a little run of live shows, right? And when we're doing that, a bunch of female types and we'll say – homosexual male types, came up to me, hello out there, uh, and saying how much they appreciated, like, uh, when I would, like, like, tips, recommendations, like, certain little things that they felt like were maybe a little nod to their sensibilities, mm-hmm. we'll say. And that was very sweet and cute, and I really appreciate it. But also, it made me think, got me thinking, oh, my God, I haven't done that in a while. So... I want to do a little little Liz recommendation. Well, I don't know. It's like my my algorithm has something uh-huh. to recommend because I have recently uh, added something to my daily routine that I can't recommend enough. What is it? You're going to make fun of this. Okay. But just wait. So <laughs> now my favorite astrologer <laughs> – has started a Patreon. <laughs> no, I know it sounds ridiculous, and I, I'm not here. Are to, like, you shilling an astrologer's <laughs> yeah. Patreon on our? Here, I'm. I am. I am. I already clear. Liz did not clear this. this with me. I Go know. ahead, Liz. Go so, ahead. Listen, I don't. There's a lot of astrologers out there that I think are real bogus bunk. Uh huh. But this woman. This, this one's real though. It's not about being real. This one is. The coziest of the cozies. Uh-huh. Okay. Her name is Anne Ortley. She's fantastic. Uh-huh. Virgo, which everyone knows is the coziest sign. What's her house? Now, that doesn't even make sense. Okay. Um, but here's what I'm going to say. She has been doing this thing for a very long time called The Weekly Weather, which I always listen to, obviously, mm-hmm. which is a podcast weekly, Sunday nights, where she uh-huh. <laughs> where she kind of goes through the week of transits and kind of lets you know what's going on with the energy. Now, what she started – is a daily, like, 10-minute 
Yeah? Please don't roll your eyes. <laughs> I'm not rolling your eyes. My head, to be clear, <laughs> listeners, my head, my, I was pressing my forehead against my face and closing my I'm eyes. I'm telling you, it's, I can't remember what it's called. Wait, it, my hand against my forehead. It's like 10 minutes a day. I listen to it every morning on my way to the gym. I love it. She's so cozy. I'm telling you, you listen to this woman's voice. No. Yes. And it's just like, it's great. You learn about like what the energy is for the day, what's going on in the skies. You know, sometimes she throws in a little political talk, which I got to say, I don't love it. You know, stick to sports lady. You know what I'm saying? Oh, for but, sure. Um, she's the one who put out that <laughs> newsletter that I sent you the quote that was like, this is great energy for Biden and Zelensky. Yes, to me. you did you send know, that. She sometimes talks about like Trump's taxes, things like that. Uh-huh. Things of that nature. However, I got to say, I love it. I support her on Patreon. <laughs> I really recommend it. I think it's – you know how – okay, so I was thinking about this because you know how um, with effective altruism, their whole thing is like you judge everything by the highest good uh-huh. or what's going to – and it's like yeah. it's totally crazy. Oh, yeah, so yeah. I do that but with coziness. Uh-huh. And I'm telling you this lady like is one of the coziest of cozies. I'm I'm signing up immediately. The thing you got to do though, this I'm, is actually a real tip. She sends way too many emails because she uploads like a song of the day too. Mm. So you get like three emails yeah. in the morning, which is very annoying. So what you do is you make sure you unsubscribe from the emails so you don't get those, but then you just listen every day. You're telling this to me as if I'm going to listen to this. You should. Just, I'm not going to. She's so cozy. That should be I'm going to be real with you guys. Here and now. I know. Everyone thinks I'm Magic stupid. should be a crime. It's not magic. It is literally magic. It's star magic. No, it isn't. It's just about talking about the transits of the planet. Okay. That's not magic. That's augury. literally. Aug- it is augury. Thank you. It's augury. Okay. Auguring should be a crime. Attempting to tell the future should be a crime. And one day it will be. And I, I no. guess if I, got to, if I got to give my idea for uh, my version of The Bachelor, it's okay for you to do this too. It's yeah, you know, um, yeah, I'm fully biodynamic, man. I, I'm, I'm all in this shit. <sighs> this is, this is. I gotta tell you, this is crazy that Liz did this. But now I have to shill a Patreon <laughs> that I just. Uh, is it called Druna? Well, it's just called. It's just. It's called the Brace Show, and it's Aww. like sort of like it's like me and my producer Jan Chomsky, and there's just kind of like no like astrology stuff in there. It's just kind of like just the facts, and so it's actually mm. true on episodes. Just with Liz completely edited out of yeah. them. You've just t- fully remade, <laughs> fully remade. The set of the, There's no one replacing you. The it's just... guy name who's uh, dating Emrata? Uh, Eric Andre. Yeah, you just I, remade don't believe the Eric together. Andre the, set? The, the, judging by her text messages to me, they are not together anymore. You spent thousands and thousands of dollars remaking the set. That's the that's the come town. No, that thing. was the joke oh, that I was making. Oh, I see. Okay. But I, well, I'm glad we just... L- let's start the fucking show. Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome to Come Town. <laughs> uh, so, all right. What are we talking about, Liz? Okay. News alert. Mm-hmm. We haven't done that one in a while. Did we, ha- did we ever do that? Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, I have no- you don't To be clear, attention. listeners also, I do have pneumonia right now. Yeah, he's on the meds. Antibiotics everyone. have been working, but I do have it. So Liz is taking advantage of my weakened state. You just said you're feeling great. You're I feel on the like all I'm meat better. diet. I'm not feeling. I am eating all meat. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you heard. Um, wee wee wee. Okay, so as we were out and a boot in Canada, new emails surfaced 
between Jess Staley, which is, yes, a man's, a man's name, um, and Jeffrey Epstein. You remember that guy? Mm-hmm. Now, Jess Staley is, of course, the former J.P. Morgan Chase executive who afterwards he went to Barclays. Mm-hmm. He had to resign uh, like shortly after Epstein's death. Yeah. The bank uh, looked into his activities with Epstein and were like, you know, we're good. Yeah. Got to get out of here. We can find another one. Yeah, he was a pretty big big name, big wig. Him and um, uh, what's his name from Apollo? Oh, Leon Black. Yeah, Leon Black. Yeah. There we go, of course. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Those were some of the big names who got kind of lost in the Epstein sauce with this stuff. Um, and I got to say the emails are pretty gross. <laughs> I, I want to like – so there's something we, – we don't have all the emails yet. No. I've been looking far and wide for them, talk to people who would know where to get them. They say that they're not out yet. That all we know is what's in these in these in that has been reported basically. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're gonna talk in code on an email, don't make the code so obvious that it actually looks more suspicious than just saying a name. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you referring to? Should we read this? <sighs> yeah. Okay. So at one point, Jess Daly again. Somehow a man's name. Yeah, I don't know. Sounds like that's like a labor MP's name. It does. Um, yeah. Is uh, emailing Jeffrey Epstein and says, that was fun. Say hi to Snow White. Jeffrey Epstein responds with, what character would you like next? <laughs> Jess Daly says, Beauty and the Beast. And though this isn't written down, I have it memorized. Jeffrey Epstein responds with something like, uh, well, only one side is available. Which would, of course, I assume be Beauty. Yeah, it would be really crazy if you were talking about the beast. Yeah, yeah dog fucking. Learn a lot of yeah. new things about yeah. him. Yeah, well, we could do an episode on that. So all this came out in a filing that was made by the U.S. Virgin Islands Sus. in support of a class action civil suit, which was filed against the bank, J.P. Morgan Chase. And I got to say, they make a pretty compelling case. Um, most of this centers around Just Staley, um, again, at that time when he was writing these emails, he was the head of private banking at J.P. Morgan. He managed almost all of Epstein's accounts or as um, the U.S. Virgin Islands puts it, managed Epstein. Yes. He was um, he was at J.P. Morgan Chase for like 30 years, like career career banker there, pretty, pretty big wig. Um, Staley came out when, you know, after Epstein killed himself, quote unquote, um, Staley came out and said that, oh, our relationship ended, you know, when I left J.P. Morgan in 2013. But, of course, not so – not obviously the case. He actually ended up visiting Little St. James in as late as 2015 that we know of. So they were actually like beyond tight. I mean, listen, I've never no, had – they a, were homies. Yeah, I've never had a private banker. Uh, <laughs> I, I, in fact, I've actually had some rude interactions, not on my part. From the teller at certain – Even some VTMs talk back to you. They do. They, they spit out a bunch of notes that say, you think you have money in here? You're wrong. <laughs> um, this is crazy how close this guy – Jeffrey Epstein was actually advising Jess Staley on actually how to get a raise at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, the U.S. Virgin Islands characterizes their relationship as, quote, profound. Mm. And writes in its complaint that these communications suggest that Staley may have been involved in Epstein's sex trafficking operation. Which is a pretty bold claim. Pretty fucking bold claim because that has always been 
Some that's floated around a lot mm-hmm. of the sort of big wigs that have been involved Same in with this. Black. Yeah. Wexner, Leon Black. But there's never been any, as far as I know, official actual like put any put forth by something like the you know attorney general of the u.s virgin islands that these people were actively involved yeah but the thing is there are there's some pretty damning evidence here this is from the lawsuit it says on december 30th 2008 epstein staley discussed via emails staley's visit to epstein's residence in palm beach Epstein wrote that he would not be home the following Sunday, but that Staley was welcome to use the house. Staley replied that he would instead make arrangements to visit Epstein in Palm Beach in early January. On January 8, 2009, around the time of Staley's scheduled visit to Palm Beach, Epstein wired $2,000 from his J.P. Morgan account to a woman with an Eastern European surname. Mm. Those words, Eastern European surname, appear quite a few times in the suit. Yeah. There's also um, a bunch of redacted photos that Epstein apparently emailed Staley. This is, by the way, this is not Staley's personal account. This was his professional, his like JP Morgan account. Yeah. Um, And I think it should be presumed and the U.S. Virgin Islands says this point blank in their suit that JP Morgan absolutely was monitoring these accounts. I mean, it's a fucking huge bank. They're reading all of the, they're monitoring all of their employees' emails. They got a guy doing that. Yeah. Epstein and Staley over the course of the, of Staley's tenure at JP Morgan, I mean, they exchanged like over a thousand emails. To be clear, for those of you who are not familiar with Monsieur Jeffrey Epstein, uh, he was, like Jeffrey Epstein in 2008 was a convicted sex trafficker. Yeah. Like known to the world as one. And so almost all like all of these missives and back and forth between them concerning these women happen post conviction. Yeah, this is from uh Jane Doe One's complaint against JP Morgan again, which is the the memo that uh the US Virgin Islands filed that's in support of this case. Mm-hmm. Uh they write, to put it plainly, Epstein needed a bank that he that knew he was engaging in illegal activity and did not care, which Epstein had in J.P. Morgan. So this Jane Doe one has actually filed two separate suits. She filed one against J.P. Morgan Chase and then one against Deutsche, mm-hmm. which was, of course, Jeffrey's bank after he left J.P. Morgan. Um, both banks are trying to get them dismissed. Um the New York State Department of Financial Service actually got Deutsche to pay a $150 million penalty for failure to scrutinize any of Epstein's activity, like banking activity. Um, that included him taking out 200K in cash per year this from guy his Deutsche account. Big cash guy. Yeah, but I mean, that would be, as you know, we're going to talk about like the failure of Chase to really monitor any of this stuff. I mean, that would be like the biggest red flag for any internal like yeah. regulator, right? When they're looking at what is going on with accounts. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing is like I, I I still use cash and people make fun of me for it. Not $200,000 in cash a year. That's a lot of cash. I'm like, what do you even spend that much cash on? Oh, well, I guess mm. you're Jeffrey Epstein. He's trafficking yeah, women. Yeah, I guess that does make sense. Um, but so like I said, he, he left J.P. Morgan for Deutsche in 2013. And I was looking at that and I was like, you know, I genuinely don't know – why Epstein had to leave J.P. Morgan. And then you're looking at it in these complaints and it's, oh, Jess Staley left J.P. Morgan in 2013. Mm. And it's in that year that J.P. Morgan terminated its relationship with Epstein. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. And again, I do not want to, like, repeat myself too much here, but 
J.P. Morgan was fully aware of Jeffrey Epstein's the accusations against Jeffrey Epstein, and the, like you know, everyone from Jess Daly to Jamie Dimon knew about this. I mean, Epstein was a big client of J.P. Morgan. Uh, he was not treated in the way that I think it was legally supposed to be treated, no. or even internally within J.P. Morgan's own rules, supposed to be treated as in as a high risk client. Yes. Um- you mentioned Jamie Dimon, and I want to I want to talk about that. It does seem clear from these uh, filings that Jamie Dimon absolutely knew and was aware of Epstein's like high, you know, high risk activity. Yeah. There's a um, an internal email after the 2008 arrest. You see, like in the internal emails um, that. High-level executives were debating whether or not to drop Epstein in in at least two, 2008, if not yeah. before then. Um, and in one email, they were shot down by even higher-level execs. There's there's one that says that basically, oh, I assumed that all of this money were, would be outflows, meaning that you know Jeffrey had 150 million around 150 million in uh, in various accounts at J.P. Morgan. They assumed it would be an outflow because they assumed that the bank would be dropping him as a client, mm-hmm. and they said pending Diamond review, which is referring to Jamie Diamond reviewing whether or not they were dropping him as a client. But they didn't in 2008, yeah. which can only lead a rational person such as Bryce Belden sitting across from me here. People in America to think, oh, that means that Jamie Dimon said no. Let's keep him as the climate. Yeah, this is a fucking chair of the largest bank in the world. Just to make clear, so let's get into it a little bit more. Like, what exactly was J.P. Morgan and Epstein's relationship, as far as we know from some of these different filings? Because I think this is really the first time we're seeing like a window into or seeing through a window, you know, into a lot of this stuff. That, that's the thing with the Epstein stuff. I mean, obviously we know a lot about the sex trafficking stuff, not probably even 10% of what actually went down. Um, but we know we have a fair view into at least what some facets, uh, facets of it were like, right? Yeah. With the banking stuff and with his money shit, which yeah. is a huge, 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 huge part of this. We actually have very, very, yeah. very little insight. Completely opaque. Yeah, yeah. So from about 1998 to 2013, J.P. Morgan Chase and what was just J.P. Morgan in the beginning because it became J.P. Morgan Chase in like, mm-hmm. I don't know, 2000, 2001, whatever it was. Uh, they managed about 55 Epstein accounts. That totaled somewhere around the hundreds of millions of dollars through that course. Mm-hmm. Um, the U.S. Virgin Islands has identified at least 20 payments from those accounts to girls who were trafficked and sexually assaulted in the Virgin Islands. I am going out on a limb and saying I bet there's a lot more, but that they are comfortable with us saying these are 20, 1,000% for sure yeah, yeah. because they're publicly named victims. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Or publicly identified. So many of the victims have come forward anonymously, right? Um, among the recipients of the, these payments, this is a quote from um, one of the filings. Among the recipients of these payments were numerous women with Eastern European surnames who were publicly and internally identified as Epstein recruiters and or victims, including $600,000 to Jane Doe 1, a woman who... 
J.P. Morgan's own due diligence reports, so that means internal memos and filings, own due diligence reports stated Epstein purchased at the age of 14. So my question here is, is that Nadia Marchinkova? Because that's famously the woman with the Eastern European surname Mm. who he has – well, the only person that we've ever actually had a name attached to that's been said that Epstein purchased her. Yeah. Who was said to be part of his like ring. You know, he taught her. He got her a pilot's license, all this kind of thing. Um, so that that is pretty interesting. Yeah. Well, we also see that Epstein's air company, Hyperion, Mm. would consistently withdraw cash amounts consistently under the $10,000 flagging limit for expenses, quote, uh, which is outstripping what anyone would expect for an airline company to have with cash. I mean, obviously, they're paying a lot of money for fuel and stuff, but usually you're not flying into, uh, you know, Burbank, Bob Hope Airport and then paying for, you know, your, your fucking jet to be refueled with cash. I know. I was thinking about when I was reading through that, and I think there were some that was like, there was one that was like a $218,000 payment or something insane. And I was thinking of those two fucking pilots that we saw yeah, in the at trial, the trial, at Glay Maxwell's trial, and how the first pilot, right? He, I remember he came in and he was wearing those fucking slippers that had his initials on them that were the same as Jeffrey Epstein's. Oh. And all I could think of was fucking boys club. It made me feel so sick. Yeah, I really did not like that guy. No, he was awful. That fucking pilot. Yeah, it's like, I just, I don't know. I mean, here's my thing. He was doing the pilot's creed. Remember doing the pilot's creed. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. Whatever happens behind the door, not my business. Which, as we know, thanks to 9-11, very much what happens behind the door is your business. Also, it's literally your business because you are paid to pilot uh, the sex traffic. And a whole plane, not just your portion. I mean, it's the literal definition of your business, which is pilot. Private pilot for Jeffrey Epstein. Um, so it also shows that some of the charitable foundations, quote, charitable foundations that Jeffrey Epstein owned, sent money to Leslie Wexner. And although the next name is blanked out, it's very clear that it also, his charitable foundation sent money to what appears to be allegedly, this is not what I'm alleging, this is what somebody I showed these documents to who is alleging who will remain unnamed. Interesting. Is Eva Dubin. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting redactions in this. Um, and the various filings from the U.S. Virgin Islands. Well, that one that one I thought was Eva Dubin just because in the context. I mean, my friend uh, who died, unfortunately, and so cannot be in trouble. Uh, my friend who died was like in the context of this and it mentioning, uh, well, maybe Eva Dubin's husband's company coming up pretty soon in the lawsuit. It had to be her. This is one of the interesting redactions. And again, there are a lot. There's, I mean, there's a whole page – uh, specifically only about activities with mm-hmm. J- at J.P. Morgan that clearly is referring to Jamie Dimon that is just fully, fully redacted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, again, Jamie Dimon is, I would say, in the top 10 of most powerful people in the world. Yeah. Okay? Um, this is from one of the U.S. Virgin Islands suits. In 2011, Epstein and Staley had extensive discussions regarding the creation of a, quote, very high all capitals, profile, donor, advised fund, 
DAF, Mm -hmm. which is an investment account established to support charitable organizations headed by the redacted. Epstein pitched the redacted DAF as a, quote, exclusive club with a minimum $100 million donation where J.P. Morgan would act as the fiduciary. Now, you know my Photoshop-ass girl brain. You tried to unredact. No, you can't unredact. Well, they, they've been a couple misfiles where you actually could just highlight really? it. Yeah, they just put – you know how you can, like, make the background of a text a certain color? There's been some, like, high-profile uh, – Oh, cases shit. in which the uh, lawyers have have just blacked out the text using that, and you can just unblack it out. That's so funny! <laughs> wow. No, I didn't do that. What I tried to do was type in various names ah. to see if the characters would line up. Uh huh. Well, because one, the first redaction is a long guy, but it's a the in front of it. Yes. So it's the name of a charitable organization. Wexner. Could be Gates. Could be. No, that's that would be the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, oh, which yeah, is much too, too long. long. Yeah. The Wexner, I think it's Wexner Foundation. It is, yeah. So that would fit. Another one. That would fit. That would fit would be the Clinton, Clinton. Foundation. Clinton. Yes. That would fit. And I actually did type out in the same size and everything to see if it would fit. It does. It does. All, but who knows? It's redacted. Okay. Yeah. No one's alleging anything, but there's some interesting redactions in here. Um, all of this is to say that this, all of this is, the, which really the U.S. Virgin Islands points out, is the central point of connecting Stanley and Epstein, right? That J.P. Morgan in, you know, in its suit to dismiss all of this is arguing that the bank had nothing to do with with this and that Staley mm-hmm. and Epstein's relationship was just personal. They were boys. That's an individual thing. This is not institutional, right? And the U.S. Virgin Islands is saying, no, Staley was a representative of the bank. He used Epstein yeah. to get referrals for more clients. You know, this is a, their quote. Thus, Staley's job was to maintain a close relationship with Epstein so that his money, connections, and referrals would continue to flow to J.P. Morgan, right? Mm-hmm. So... Um, and I mean, that's why, you know, Jamie Dimon is like, no, we're not going to we're not going to let this guy drop his accounts. He's bringing in powerful people. He's bringing in a shit ton of cash. Yeah. And then continuing to bring in cash, which, again, you know, that's how banks make money. Mm-hmm. Everything's gravy. Well, it's not. Yeah. I mean, it is. It does seem pretty fucking clear that while Jess Daly clearly actually did like Epstein, he was also was. And this is, again, like what you're saying and what the Virgin Islands are saying acting in his capacity as a representative of J.P. Morgan Chase yeah. in his relationship with Epstein, in addition to just like also having uh, sex with trafficked women that Epstein provided him. J.P. Morgan Chase, again, the largest fucking bank yeah. in America, right? I mean, this is – I am I know this is getting coverage. It's actually getting pretty good coverage, but still it doesn't feel like enough. I mean, this is fucking huge. And especially for uh, – I mean, even with as many – and we'll talk about this later, horrible things that J.P. Morgan has done. This is way up there. Well, you might be wondering at this point, why are the U.S. Virgin (laughs) Islands even filing any kind of memorandums in support of civil suits or anything like this? Why do the Virgin Islands care, right? 
So they actually filed their own suit against J.P. Morgan Chase back in December before Jane Doe's civil suit, saying that J.P. Morgan knowingly, negligently, and unlawfully provided and pulled the levers through which recruiters and victims were paid and was, quote, indispensable, I mean, the whole thing's a quote, to the operation and concealment of the Epstein trafficking enterprise. Mm. So this was filed by the Attorney General of the Virgin Islands, a woman named Denise George. Who we've talked about, because I've always said, Denise George, that sounds like a powerful lady attorney name. And you might be like, wow, that's crazy. The U.S. Virgin Islands filed this big lawsuit against J.P. Morgan Chase. Well, four days later, on New Year's Eve, Denise George was fired from being the (laughs) Attorney General of the U.S. Virgin Islands. She was fired by a guy— well, the governor named, and this is a double first name, Albert Bryant Jr. Yeah. He actually had appointed her back in 2018. So Governor Albert Bryant Jr., which by the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you guys a little tip here. If you're a junior and you become the governor, you gotta drop it. Leave that motherfucker out of your name. Unless you, you go. got a real famous father. Oh, yeah. Unless your dad was also the job that you have. Yeah. Right? But if your dad is less famous than you or less powerful than right. you, he's the junior. Like now. John John, he always had to be a junior. Had to be a junior. Obviously. Right? Absolutely. But always went by John John, which uh-huh. is very cute. That's smart too. Yeah, she got this guy too. should be named ABJ, Albert Bryan Jr. Yeah, ABJ is good. ABJ is really good. Wow. But, I mean, you know, listen. Well, this guy sucks, so I don't want to give him any He does suck. Tips. He got his start in territorial politics when he was appointed as commissioner for the Department of Labor by the former governor, John DeJong. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not any ha- happier about it than you are, okay? Wait. John. ABJ. ABJ, Jr. Well, no, that's the J. ABJ. Appointed. Appointed. By Jean DeJean. My name is Jean Valjean. And I'm Javier. In 2007, yes, to head the Department of Labor on the U.S. Virgin Islands. Yeah. (laughs) John DeJong. So Governor John DeJong is an interesting character in his own right. Actually found a New York Post story from 2007 that describes his relationship with Monsieur Jeffrey Epstein, a very famous resident of the U.S. Virgin Islands. This is from the New York Post, page six. Sources also say Epstein enjoys a warm relationship with U.S. Virgin Islands Governor John P. DeJong Jr. Oh, my I God. I guess also a junior. we got juniors That's, everywhere. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Uh, this is a quote. Epstein has donated as much as $1 million to the governor's election campaign, said our source. In addition, Epstein, who Epstein, who runs the charitable J. Epstein Virgin Islands Foundation, employs DeJong's wife, Cecile, as its director. He also pays for the education of the governor's children at the exclusive Antilles School on St. Thomas. Wait, so Epstein paid a million dollars for the governor's election campaign yeah, and pays his wife to sit on his charitable foundation board as its director. So it might have been called the J. Epstein Virgin Islands Foundation at this time. Later changed its name to something that our listeners, or at least a lot of our earlier episodes, might be more familiar with, the Southern Trust. Oh. So Governor John DeJong's wife is nominally in charge of Southern Trust, which is Jeffrey Epstein's hundreds of millions of dollars charitable foundation that existed 
as the U.S. Virgin Islands Attorney General Denise George would allege in a lawsuit to facilitate his sex trafficking operation. So she's actually listed in the black book under Epstein's own numbers. Cecile, not Denise. Cecile is, not Denise. Yeah. So Southern Trust, uh, for those of you who don't remember, which I don't know why you necessarily would, but it's one of his many companies, but it's one of the bigger ones. It's technically a company that says it was in biomedical and data mining work. None of that work has ever been produced. It does obviously it's like a fake shell company yes. that does not actually do anything, have any real employees, make anything. It exists solely to uh help him pull off financial and uh sexual crimes. That same pay, page 6 article says that Epstein did pay for John DeJong's children's education. Yeah, he did that a lot for all of his employees. That's exactly. The pilots. So the pilots exactly. So he paid That's for- a great way by the way, which I hate I really don't want to link this, but you know, you always take care of your boys. Always take care of your guys. And unfortunately, Epstein always took care of his guys. Listen, and that's you know, if you're paying for someone's for your guys' kids' education, yeah, I'm telling you, that pilot staying mum on the stand even after you're dead. Here's here's and we here, see it. Here's my thing. You know, we all, we talked about this on the show before. Listen, all the lessons we learn in life, they're mm. not always given to us by perfect teachers. Absolutely, right. So, but one of those. Think of all those things you've learned from The Bachelor. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know. But I will say, taking care of your boy, you got to take care of your boys, right? If yeah. you are a boss, a capo, anything like that, you're pay- paying for the kids' education is like number one thing you're going to mm. do, right? Because you know what? Maybe that puts the kids in your debt a little bit. Oh my god. Maybe those kids grow up. Maybe they come work for you too. Okay, I'm I think so you're generous. taking it too far. Anyways, Dijon. <laughs> His spokesman uh, actually John DeJong. John Governor John DeJong Jr. <laughs> of the Vir- U.S. Virgin Islands actually is like, yeah, you know what? He does pay for my children's education. My wife does work for it. But she, he says he thinks it was, quote, highly appropriate that his wife for- worked for Epstein. He says that it was, again, a quote, just a job. Uh, he was later arrested for embezzlement in 2015, oh, well. although I think he got off the chart. It's very clear that the U.S. Virgin Islands is like a pretty – the political class there is Ugh. extremely – It's just so like bad. Lots of graft and corruption. It's, it's like really crazy. Yeah. And like he spent a bunch of public funds on security for his mansion. I mean the entire place exists as tax haven for shell companies. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. So I mean that's literally well, – and rape islands. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, when that's built into kind of like the Constitution, yeah. I mean, it really – yeah, it makes things really tough, which, you know, we're kind of seeing actually with the um, SPX lawsuit, right? I mean, there's so much back and forth between the Bahamian authorities yeah. and, you know, what the, you know, New York attorney generals want to do. So Virgin Islands officials clearly saw Epstein as like another – I mean I'm sure there's a lot of these guys like Epstein there. I'm sure Mm -hmm. they're not all sex traffickers. But there's a lot of people who are committing – a lot of rich people committing some pretty serious crimes in Virgin Islands. And I think they can – officials there see a guy like Epstein. They see a guy who's willing to play ball, right? So Epstein's Southern Trust, which minds you – minds you? Oh, you know what? Keep both your minds on this. Mind you, I'm not going to retake that. I'm just going to go with it. Mind you, Governor John DeJong Jr.'s wife, 
Cecile is like the manager of receives a 100% or excuse me, 90% tax break from the Virgin Islands government in 2012. So they got a 10-year package of economic incentives running from February 1st, 2013 until January 31st, 2023. That's this year. Oh, it's over. That included, and this is according to the lawsuit, a 90% exemption from income taxes and 100% exemption from gross receipts, excise, and withholding taxes in the Virgin Islands. Jesus Christ. I know. You're like, who the fuck would sign off on that? I mean, Jeffrey Epstein had been convicted of sex trafficking. Lolita, the Lolita Express was like a known quantity at this time. His island was like literally famous, not as famous as it would be after he got arrested the second time, but but internationally famous to the point where these guys would know about it as a place where sex trafficking occurred. Nicknamed Rape Island. Exactly. Who would sign off on giving his fake company this incredible tax break deal? Enter ABJ. Exactly. The signature on the document, which gives him this 10-year 90% tax break, belongs to ABJ Jr. No, the junior is the The J. The junior is the J, yes. The current governor of the U.S. Virgin Islands and who was at the time the head of the Economic Development Authority in the U.S. Virgin Islands, appointed by... Jean Dujon. Governor Jean Dujon. Who am I? What a fucking mess. Well, enter A.G. Denise George, right? Yes. Sassy, professional, and from reading her filings... Uh, very good at her job. Very good at her job. Yeah, Denise no, yeah, she is. She is. I gotta say, we've read a lot of court documents over the years, right? Especially related to Jeffrey Epstein. Especially related to my lawsuit. What? <laughs> so we've read a lot of court documents over the years, and you know, it, it, like you, you see gumption in some, mm. you see hesitancy in others. Absolutely, she goes crazy on these. Oh yeah, she's going. Yeah, she's she's all over it. I mean, I will say like. Point blank accusing J.P. Morgan of facilitating sex trafficking. That we takes some it. fucking balls. We love it. We, and she does a good job. She, she does. does a really good. You know, again. She makes a very compelling I'm argument. disbarred now, but mm. when I was barred, I would be fully being like, this is actually legally makes sense. Yeah. Uh, she, so she, her background, she was a lawyer, private practice, U.S. Virgin. U.S. Virgin Islands, not a lot of people live in there who aren't. Not a lot of people who are like from there, basically. Right? Yeah. So she was in private practice there. And then she gets, I think, appointed to assistant AG of the Virgin Islands and then headed, and this is in her biography, prior to any of this coming out, the prosecution of white collar crimes and headed the child abuse task force and wrote the first statute in the U.S. Virgin Islands about child abuse and endangerment. So those are two pretty good things to have on your side when kind of going after this kind of stuff. Right. She was appointed to be U- Attorney General of the U.S. Virgin Islands in, in Toto in 2018. And when Epstein was uh, first arrested, or not first arrested, but this last time and final time arrested, she immediately filed suit, winning eventually well over $100 million for the U.S. Virgin Islands and half the sale of Epstein's Island when mm. that eventually happens, which I got to be honest, got to be pretty cheap. She also went out after, and I thought this was pretty cool, Darren Indyke and Richard Kahn, who mm. were his lawyers. The estate lawyers. Exactly. Yes. Because she was like, you guys did this too. Right. Like, it is very clear that they did. Um, they, she eventually was not able to pursue. They were, they, they basically got off mm. and were actually, crazily enough, like, they, yeah, still the executors of his will. And so, like, 
basically disbursing money to his victims while having helped him procure those victims in the first place. So here we are, December 2022, like a month and a half ago. She files suit once again, J.P. Morgan Chase. And she actually, the lawsuit subpoenas Leon Black and Leslie Wexner. And then four days later, New Year's Eve, she's fired. And ABJ. ABJ, through a spokesman, says the reason for the firing that about the lawsuit about J.P. Morgan, well, that's not entirely accurate. However, we have actually had no explanation whatsoever why she was fired other than she did, he didn't get along with her. Well, I heard I read somewhere that he that they said, "Oh, it was because she didn't uh, adequately inform me that you were filing the suit." Mm-hmm. To which I would say, when you're filing a huge suit against JP Morgan where you publicly named Jamie Dimon as responsible for facilitating or let's say this giving an okay to facilitate sex trafficking for Mm. almost over a decade. Like, I don't know if you um, get seek approval from the appointee, political appointee whose boss's wife was on the board of one of Jeffrey Epstein's charitable foundations. And who he himself signed off on a 10-year like incredible tax break for Jeffrey Epstein's fake business that his boss's wife was the nominal manager of mm. five years or six years after the Jeffrey Epstein's conviction for uh, raping a child. Yeah. And so, yeah, that seems to be pretty obviously the reason. Yeah. You mentioned that um, they in the suit they've tried subpoenaing Leon Black and Les Wexner. Mm-hmm. They've actually tried seven times at two different locations to serve a subpoena to Les Wexner. Yeah. And they have failed because – and this is literally a quote. They've been thwarted, thwarted. by security. And basically Wexner's lawyers are just not picking up the phone. This is a, like an incredible dodge of subpoena is yeah, happening yeah, here. Yeah. Um, you know, longtime listeners of the show will know that Wexner's properties are highly guarded. Yes. By some of the world's most notorious guardsmen. Interesting. You can say it, Liz. <laughs> They're Jewish. I was going to say IDF. They're but Jewish. I don't know it's their okay. religion. They're Jewish. I don't know their religion. You know what? Some of us take trend. Um, it just came out that a judge ruled that they could serve the subpoena through the mail. Yeah. Which really, you're not supposed to, you can't do that. You can do that? No. I got to be honest with you. I feel like you should be able to do that to begin with. I do like that uh, you do have to trick people in order to serve them. I know. So I guess, okay. Like the Olivia Wilde thing. Yeah. Or you know what? Ghislaine Maxwell herself served at the Clinton Foundation. Pedophile Foundation. Yeah. Oops. Okay. Well. (laughs) In the suit. um, We would like to thank them for their generous support for this podcast. (laughs) Uh, you know, in that suit, I mean, Denise and the U.S. Virgin Islands, but I want, really want to shout out Denise here. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really like, you know, I want to hammer this on. They, they, they had a pretty compelling case that J.P. Morgan facilitated and just covered up money laundering yeah. for over a decade. That was just essential to the Epstein trafficking operation. They list out, you know, it's not just Southern Trust. They list out all of the different companies that were kind of um, 
under the Epstein umbrella, I guess, <laughs> that all had accounts with J.P. Morgan. And there, I mean, you mentioned Hyperion, you mentioned Southern Trust. There's a ton of these. There's Financial Trust Company or J-E-G-E, J-E-G-E-L-L-C, N-E-S, which is not Nintendo, but I thought about that. Mm-hmm. Um, one called Plan D, which I assume is a production company. K Records. Welcome back for Indian Summer. Yeah, no. But, uh, you know, the reason I'm saying is there's all these different fucking companies that were all shell companies. Yeah, yeah. They were all created to move money around from different accounts to other accounts to shelter Epstein's assets. And he got mad tax breaks, like you said. There, I mean, J.P. Morgan would let him take crazy cash withdrawals Mm -hmm. from these different accounts. Um, You know moving them from one to the other. I mean, just like totally insane. They say that J.P. Morgan, I mean, you're asking what he did. J.P. Morgan didn't even try to find out where Epstein (laughs) got his money. Well, the thing is that none of them are companies in the sense that you would know a a company like that uh, uh, makes money or anything like that. They're not companies. They're all shell companies. Like Jeffrey Epstein had nothing. The closest thing that he would have to a company is Hyperion Air. Because that actually at least owns – that's the plane. You know what I mean? I I mean that's I guess still not a company because he just used the plane. Um, But yeah, they're all – it's all like this. They're all shell companies. Yeah. Um, And I know I'm just anticipating. I think there's probably some listeners out there maybe, but I'm sure it's not you, dear listener. But some other people – who are like, why would a bank do that? Who cares? They're just banks. They don't care. No, they do. They have like federal regulations that they have to follow. Know your customer regulations. They cannot be uh, knowingly facilitating this kind of stuff, especially after, and I think, you know, I'm going to get this wrong, but it was in the early 2000s that a bunch of new sex trafficking laws were passed um, specifically to go after kind of situations like this. Um Banks do not want to be liable for criminal activity because they can be held liable for criminal activity under the law. So, yeah, actually, they do have to do Isn't this. De- Deutsche is usually the – I, I feel like he should have gone with Deutsche to begin with. Right? <laughs> Isn't that like the mob bank? I mean fucking – look, Chase is a bunch of fucking criminals. I, I'm, I'm yeah. just going to say this is, you know, this is the largest bank in the United States. They're the world's largest by market cap. They have, I think, as of this year – like 3.6 or 3.7 trillion in assets. I mean, they're fucking huge, but there are so many fucking scandals. Just in the, I'm going to say, just during Jamie Dimon's tenure, I'm not even talking about... Like throughout... We don't need to go back to Nazi gold shit for this stuff. You know what I'm Uh saying? Like, this is just... There was the whole Enron thing. Perhaps you're, you know, people are familiar with that. They were... Chase was like not just the main financier of Enron, I mean, they were literally producing research that investors relied on in order to keep Enron afloat. They were like one of the companies that, you know, led almost like billions of dollars in funding uh, to expand Enron company. They knew Mm -hmm. exactly what was going on. They invested Enron. They bought Enron for its funds. They recommend the stock to investors on internally produced research. So much so that when that whole thing went bye-bye. Yeah. The result was that, yeah, there's millions in fines. Okay, there's billions in investment settlement. But they also made it so that investor b- investment banks and uh, research wings 
cannot be they have to be completely separate with completely separate staff hierarchies and all of that. So like if you own a house in the Bahamas, it's like one one side investments over here and research is over here. Yes. Well, and that research side is actually in Alameda. Yeah. Yes. In Berkeley. No, it's true, though. I mean, because of what Chase was doing, we have the law that then, yes, SPX uh, broke. Polyamory. Yes. Does this fly at J.P. Morgan? <laughs> uh, I mean, look, I don't even want to know. There was the WorldCom scandal, which maybe people don't remember. That was a huge, like, that was a huge one. There was all of the in- investigations into uh, mortgage-backed securities. You know, they paid, I think it was like $13 billion in settlements over that. There was the London whale trades in 2012 that were fucking huge. That rocked the derivatives market. They lost, like... billion, something like that, in synthetic credit derivatives. There was, but it's not just like, oh, we know the banks do all that stuff. I know what people are thinking. Uh No, they've got like felony charges. Yeah. So the bank was hit with two criminal charges in 2014 in connection with Bernie Madoff. Surprise. Chase was Madoff's bank. Okay. In the early 1990s, and this is from um, the DOJ filing. In the early 1990s, the bank learned that Madoff and a prominent client of J.P. Morgan's private bank were engaged in what looked like round-tipping, check-kiting transactions, the classic Ponzi move, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Madoff had another account at another bank that was involved in these transactions. That bank flagged them, and after filing a suspicious activity report with the police, closed down all of Madoff's accounts, right? That's when Madoff moved all of his accounts. He already had accounts at J.P. Morgan, but he moved all of his accounts to J.P. Morgan because he knew at Chase, I'm fucking family. Yeah, these guys love me over here. Right. So Chase didn't flag any of the transactions. And so the amounts grew larger and larger because he was able to consolidate all of his accounts at once, right? And so you know how Ponzi works. Yeah, yeah. So he's making more and more, right? So in December of 2001 alone, that same private bank client engaged in $6.8 billion worth of transactions with Madoff through a series of circular $90 million transfers Jesus at J.P. Morgan. Their own internal teams flagged Madoff on multiple occasions after that. And even still, Chase propped up the Ponzi with several loans over the years, including $145 million in 2005, right when the whole thing was about to collapse. So Chase basically propped it all up. Incredible. Right? Now, it paid $1.7 billion to the victims of the fraud, and it worked with the government on you know some like anti-money laundering compliance program or whatever. But so it had two criminal charges. And that's not on- the only criminal charges that this fucking bank has faced under the stewardship of Jamie Dimon. What else they got? Hit me with it. They're actually hit with another criminal felony count for rigging foreign exchange markets. Forex in, markets? Yeah. But that's how I do my day trading. <laughs> yeah, crypto's over. Everyone went Forex. Now everyone's left that for AI or whatever the fuck they're doing. But yeah, in 2015, there was a whole foreign exchange markets rigging scandal. So that one they actually admitted to, mm-hmm. which means that J.P. Morgan Chase are admitted felons. Okay, right? yeah. Yeah. Um, then again, 2020, a lot of people don't remember this, but it happened. The Justice Department charged J.P. Morgan with two more felony counts, which, again, the bank admitted to, one for rigging the treasury market and another one for rigging precious metals market. Now – Gold? Um, Gold? 
it's hard to like overstate. I know. I'm always railing on the banks. I'm like, rah, 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 the banks. It's such a millennial thing to do. Yeah, it's you're like, always ah, saying, we, like, out we the need banks. to end the banks, but first, the Fed. Like, <laughs> we really need to end the Fed. But it's true, right? Like, we do. this is fucking criminal activity, and they're engaged yeah. in criminal activity. There was this horrible story that I'm remembering off the top of my head, so I'm going to get it wrong. But I remember reading about it, like, a long time ago, <laughs> like over a decade ago on Naked Capitalism. Um, where there was a story about how Chase had, was servicing mortgages. Um, and, and basically, you know, these two separate families, their house burned down. Mm -hmm. And then Chase, through a series of really egregious, like, uh, insur what would I would call insurance fraud and fee stalking, like, ruined these families' lives, foreclosed on their houses, even yeah. though they had burned down, and one person killed themselves, and another one got had a heart attack there and died go. Yeah, in these families. Like, real fucking shit. Um, I'm getting that whole story. Look it up on Naked Capitalism. Really, That's not that unbelievable of a story. No, it isn't, and it happened. There was there were huge lawsuits that, uh, involved, actually. Do you um, remember that cocaine ship they had? <laughs> they had, and I, and I yeah. get it. You know, it's probably not J.P. Morgan themselves. Mm -hmm. With one point, it was the biggest cocaine bust in history. Yeah. Over a billion dollars for the cocaine. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, you know, some guys in my car. I mean, I don't know how to drive, nor do I own a car. But some guy is in my car, and he gets busted heading up to uh, Yonkers with seven million dollars worth of fentanyl in it. I'd probably get in a little bit of trouble, right? Mm. But you'd think. You'd think. But maybe the cops just like fentanyl. But I'm telling you, and like this isn't even getting okay. into the shit that these banks – I mean there's only, what, like four banks now? Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they, I mean it's like they're a fucking cartel and they yeah. rig everything. They don't give a shit about these fines. What did they pay for? $900 million in fines for rigging the – treasury market for years no one gives a well, shit that's the thing about fines to begin with that like drives me insane they right? bake it in fines are fake that like, no one gives a fuck about fines that's they why bake like, it into their people alpha. talk about like the starbucks union shit like oh they're union busting they're union busting like they're gonna get the. And i know this is slightly different but like you know they're talking about you're, you're gonna hit with uh violent fines yeah. from the nlrb right mm -hmm. they don't fucking care no they're too big to find literally you can ju they'll just pay it Dude. They're too big to find. Exactly. And so what you need to do, just pr in prison. Well, you know what, though? Yes. Yeah. And this is what I'm, I'm not saying. Kidding. Yeah, like you should in you prison actually, people. You know, people have made the case, and I think that there's a case to be made, that if we had an, let's say, upstart attorney general heading the Justice Department who was, let's say, very had a, a very powerful name and – experience in, you know, filing, uh, I don't know, charges against big institutions, not yeah. being scared. I'm saying if we had Denise, I really like Denise. Oh, but, she should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's, you know, she needs a job. Um, no, but people have made the case that, uh, you know, we, that they absolutely could file RICO. You could get the banks on RICO. 100%. Yeah. They're and gangsters. they should. They are fucking gangsters. Yeah. It's they are. Get I mean the stuff. I, I, yeah. I mean the stuff with. I think that more is going to come out with J.P. Morgan and its involvement with Epstein. Um, I really, really hope they don't dismiss these cases. We'll see how far um, these civil suits can go. Well, yeah, and then like you know, this is obvious. Like they're not the U.S. Virgin Islands is like still technically pursuing this. 
but without Janice. Without Denise, you know. So it's we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's pretty. It's pretty extraordinary. Um, my thing is this: I think the U.S. does need a new attorney general, right? But I think it should be somebody who has some experience, maybe running like a pretty big state and even like a big city's, um, you know, uh, justice wing, right? And I think maybe a young girl from Oakland, California, with a pretty powerful name herself, should be the U.S. Attorney General. Wait, who are you talking about? I'm talking about Kamala Harris. Oh, creation yeah. is what I thought you were oh, going you, with. Oh, creation, yes. Yeah, I, so I think <laughs> – Powerful name from Oakland. I think – well, no, this is what I'm saying. So she was from Kamala Oakland. Harris, yes. No one I really her, talks I about her. I knew her mother. Creation? Yeah. I she has a real mother. name, right? I, don't, I never met her, but yeah, I know her I know. mom. I met her mom. I was sure a moment was, um, but uh, but yeah, I'm saying that that I think Kamal Harris should become U.S. Attorney General, and that Creation should actually be Vice President to Joe Biden. Okay, then start now. I want to be clear here. I just coughed. It was a wet cough. It was what the doctors would call a productive cough. Uh. And I said, put it in. I've done this several times this episode where I have interrupted things uh, for a, I would say a moist, a damp little cough, a little wet cough. And Liz and Young Chomsky have looked at each other, exchanged glances as if you, as if I was already dead. And both said, we're not putting that in with our eyes. Yeah, because I don't think people should have to listen to you cough. This is fucking real, Liz. This is real life. I think this is a costume. No, I don't. I think you're sick. I am sick. In the head. I'm sick of being pushed around by you people. I want to show the world no. that you can live with pneumonia and still podcast. <laughs> no. It's not, it's not, a, de- it's not a death sentence anymore. And also, I think you should stop eating so much red meat. I don't. I don't who told you that? You did. Pause. My name is Brace. I'm Liz. We are, of course, joined by producer Young Chomsky. And this has been True Non. We will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.